Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me is my co-host, the OG, Ryan Whitfield. How you doing, Ryan? Oh, man, I'm a... That's not even for effect. I think I just officially hit the age where staying up for the Super Bowl uh, has me tired all day the next day, so... That's fantastic. I love the fact that uh, that's the way we started the entire uh, podcast, a little, a little bit of a yawn, uh, just to get everybody all just riled up and ready to go, you know? <laughs> but you're right. I almost fell asleep right. on the couch like three different times, uh, <laughs> counting down until eight when we are getting on the, on the show tonight, so I'm going yeah, to find the energy somewhere. You're, you're like, what? We're not doing 7 p.m.? We're doing 8 p.m.? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? What do you think I am, like uh, 20 or something? All right. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about. We are going to react, and we're going to break down Super Bowl 58 and uh, all the various things that came along with it. There's lots to talk about here, particularly interesting way the game actually ended. So let's get rolling. All right, that's a little bit of foreshadowing, folks. Uh, <laughs> talking about how the game ended because there's been a lot of chatter about that overtime period and the new Super Bowl overtime rules and uh, how KC has benefited from the old rules and the new rules. So uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But let's turn our attention to our takeaways from Super Bowl 58. Of course, the Kansas City Chiefs now win their third Super Bowl. 25-22 to 22 in overtime against the San Francisco 49ers. Kansas City Chiefs were not favored in this game, but that's okay. They won anyway, and we talked about that in our breakdown last week. We don't understand why they weren't favored. That being said, the Kansas City Chiefs have never actually won a Super Bowl in which they were leading at halftime. They've, lo- they've been tra- trailing at halftime each of the Super Bowls they've won. They've come back from 10 points down each of the Super Bowls they've won, and this time they did it in really magnificent fashion. In overtime. So, Ryan, I'm going to turn it over to you first to talk about, you know, get your reaction here. What's your reaction to the Super Bowl? What does this tell you about the Kansas City Chiefs, and what does it tell you about the San Francisco 49ers? Well, I'll start on the Chiefs side. You know, I said this last week. Um, I actually heard pregame yesterday, Matt Berry uh, trying to say that this this wasn't a uh, a legacy game for for the for the Chiefs, and that more pressure was was on the 49ers in this game. Oh. And just uh, respectfully, I disagree, disrespectfully stick to fantasy football. Um, <laughs> I say that in jest, but like, I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, yeah, it doesn't make you uh, a uh, a bad team all of a sudden or not, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time if they lose this game. But these moments are legacy-defining. Uh, right. You know, it's this is why people in the NBA argue about, you know, LeBron is whatever, four and four or four and five in the finals, whatever it is now, right? He's been yep. to eight or nine. And the question is always like, you know, how do you get punished for getting there more times than these other guys and stuff? But it just matters because when Kobe <laughs> right. got there, he won. When Michael Jordan got there, he won. Uh, when right. Magic Johnson got there, he won. Like those guys are held in a different air. And so, you know, as, as a Patriot fan, which was the only, hopefully my only Patriot reference of the day, but I always talk about my favorite Super Bowl for the Patriots is 2015 because the Malcolm Butler interception changed the story of the Patriots 
narrative. You know, they, they you don't take away from that first run of the dynasty, but they were going on 10 years without a Super Bowl, had lost the last two, and were on the verge of losing their third straight, and now we're going to be 3-3 three and three in the Brady era in the Super Bowls. They win it, they go to 4-2, and two, and the rest is all changed from there. So, like, right. respectfully, this was all about the Chiefs and them solidifying this dynasty. They're now in the, in the air of the, you know, 2000 through 14, 18 Patriots, the 2001 through 4 Patriots, the 1990s Cowboys, uh, the 1980s uh, 49ers, and the 1970s Steelers. I'm not, I'm not going to even bother talking about before the merger teams. I'm talking right, the Super right. Bowl era. They, to win three in a, in a, in a five- or six-year span or whatever, you know, uh, I'm trying to encompass all those teams. I can't remember. I feel like the Steelers is a little bit more elongated. But you get the point. To win yeah. three in that short of a time window is, is rarefied air. And Absolutely. it does enhance Reed, uh, Kelsey, and Mahomes' legacy. So that's what this yeah. game was about, um, in my opinion. And, and to do it the way they did, you know, we, we've talked about the storylines all year. This is the least talented Chiefs team. This was on the road in the playoffs, finding like every box they hadn't checked by, you know, going as, as crazy as it sounds. Five straight AFC championship games. I know. Three Super Bowls, win two of them. There were still boxes not checked. And it was yeah. that we needed to see, at least I wanted to see, Mahomes win one where it really was just about Mahomes. And the defense was great, but this was this was Patrick Mahomes dragging a team to a title. Um, and so you have that. You have the road the road games. Everything was everything was lined up for the rest of the league to finally take him down. They didn't do it. Um, so yeah. this is this is all about them. There's 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 a lot to say on the 49ers side for sure. But my number one takeaway is that. Uh, Again, there's no more point in arguing it, and if anyone wants to argue it with, with you, they're stupid. Don't listen to them. It's a dynasty. Three and four is a dynasty. Um, it's going to be really hard to have enough bullets in the gun to get back there and win it again next year, but they, they got a shot now to go for the three-peat. So um, legacy-defining game uh, for, 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 that, for that organization and, and, and the group of three that I just mentioned to have been here uh, through all three. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And honestly, the the interesting thing about it, and you said this, you know, this is probably the we. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. It's really strange to say, but there, this is probably the weakest Chiefs team, on offense at least, that we've seen in the Super Bowl. And you know, his leading, you know, his top receiver is a, is a rookie, you know, and and Travis Kelce has come on in the postseason, but he was on a real slide. They've lost the most games in the regular season uh, that they've ever have getting to this point. And there were a lot of questions out there, but they had the hardest road to get to the Super Bowl of any team. I mean, going through the Dolphins and then going through the, the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo and then going through the Baltimore Ravens, who a lot of people had picked to be Super Bowl winners for sure, you know, with the MVP, Lamar Jackson, in Baltimore, and then coming out here uh, to beat the 49ers in a really close game. It is definitely career-defining for Patrick Mahomes and for Andy Reid and for Travis Kelce uh, and for the Kansas City Chiefs as a whole. I did, I did think it was a little bit odd that in the first half they were so frustrated on the side. I mean, I'll leave, I'll leave it towards I'll, – I'll credit that to them being competitive individuals, but Travis Kelce coming up and chest-bumping Andy Reid and getting in his face, that's I, – I don't care who you are. It's not a good look <laughs> with a head coach like that. Uh, and quite frankly, Patrick Mahomes kept in check almost the entire game – you know, he had 333 yards and two touchdowns, but 115 of those yards were in the last two drives. That was the last drive uh, of the game in a minute and 53. And then that one drive in overtime was over a third of his passing yards. So he really came on in a clutch moment. And I think that is really uh, 
that is career defining for Patrick Mahomes to be able to overcome that and be that effective, that clutch. And it did, it made me upset because I thought the 49ers had a great shot at winning the game and really did it to themselves. And then let's get to the overtime though. And, and I'm going to go, I'm going to rewind after that and go, we go back to some earlier parts of the game, but let's talk about the overtime. There's been a lot of chatter. This is the first time that we've seen these new overtime rules in the Super Bowl. And remember, they were changed because of the Chiefs-Bills game, in which the Chiefs had the overtime uh, coin flip, got the ball, scored, and it was over. Bills never had even a chance to respond. So they changed it. Now there's two full possessions, one each side. It's not the same type of thing where you score a touchdown and it's done, and you get a field goal, and there's the other side has the other team has in a possession. This is two full possessions. This is akin to what we see in college football in many ways, except that after the first two possessions, it goes to sudden death. So Kyle Shanahan gets the coin flip, decides immediately to take the ball, to receive the ball. There's a lot of chatter here. I've written about this on the website as well. Everyone knows how I feel about it, but how did you feel about that decision? Do you think that was the right decision? And again, we're playing Monday morning quarterback on this, but I had an immediate reaction to it when I saw it on screen. Well, I'll say two things. One, I don't want to touch on the thing you said about the end of the game there for a second. Um, you know, I, had a, I was spitting a lot of crazy stuff on Thursday last week on here. Uh, but I believe <laughs> I called a 49ers turnover on the first possession. Hmm. And I believe I said late in the game, ball in the Chiefs' hands, Mahomes for the win. And I believe I predicted a 24-21 victory for the Chiefs. So I'm just saying it was not surprising to some of us. <laughs> I, okay. I, I and and I and after all our jokes about bets last week and me saying I I very rarely bet I went in uh, in typical me fashion took thirty bucks spread it across ten bets and came out with uh, with a deposit uh, of fifty seven dollars at the end of the night so I doubled my money um, okay thanks in large yeah, part right. to MVS Anytime TV if you didn't play right. that you were stupid the odds were anyways um, <laughs> right so here's the thing and, and, and so th- I'm gonna be a soapbox for a second because. I'll talk about the strategy and Shanahan's decision in a second, but I, but I want to say with all the conversation about this today, God, it feels so good to I'll do, I'll do this back to back here. I'm being right. It feels so good to be vindicated and right all the time. It really does. And <laughs> yeah. um, I feel for everybody else who can't process and analyze the way I do, but like, um, can't be right all the time. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a curse. Well, it's a curse. <laughs> it's this pursuit with, with technology infused in sports and data and analytics. There's this pursuit of a group of you, and I'm not saying you. I'm using the all-encompassing you. Um, yeah, sure. To perfect sports, and you can't. And so what we get in the pursuit of perfection is me on a random Tuesday in freaking April having to watch if the guy sliding into second base in a 162-game season of the MLB, if he overslid the bag by a half a goddamn inch to see if he was tagged out and is actually out, and in, what will, in, in, in a percentage base, actually have very little impact on anything by the end of the year. That's what sure. we do now uh, in mm-hmm. hockey. We, we, we go and micro-analyze if 58 seconds ago, if somebody's skate entered the blue line a half second too early, and then rewind the whole play and take a goal off the off the board and all that, right? And so I've talked about this because there's now the talk, to, you know, that the college football pool is going to expand from four to eight because it's not fair to the, the guys who are just on the bubble that should have been in that playoffs. You all bitch about the the 69th and 70th ranked team in the in March Madness that missed the cut. No matter where the cut is, you'll find something to say. So the Chiefs lose to the Patriots in the 2018 AFC Championship game without 
Mahomes ever getting to touch the ball. There's whining there. Then it happens when Mahomes best uh, that's the Bills. There's whining there. Now this is a huge talking point today about you know uh, they didn't know the rules and where they prepped and how come they goes into the second. I just my, my point is on the overall on, on the overall arching point here is you guys are insane. It, you you will, <laughs> ev- that is the nature of human beings. We will find ways to complain and bitch about it. Replay is in sports, and we still argue if Dez caught that ball in 2014 or not. He retweeted last night after the Kyle Juszczyk thing. So, like, it's never going to be solved. And instead, all you do is slow down the game and drive me nuts. So, neither here nor there. In terms of the the Shanahan approach last night. I don't disagree with any of that, but but this was actually a stretch. So, the rule is the rule, I guess, at this point. But the strategy call behind it, I mean, like, we we heard a lot of chatter – well, I mean, because there's a lot of chatter. Andy Reid was telling his team from the beginning of January that we get in the situation, you defer. I mean, he's been tell- he, he said, I've, I've run this through. We've got the strategy down. This is what we do. I mean, and, and you know, Patrick Mahomes said it, and uh, Travis Kelce said it. A couple of people in the, in the Chiefs said they didn't, they didn't slander the 49ers for doing what they did, but they were, they were surprised by it. They said, well, that just, they put us in a, in a great situation because we knew exactly what we needed to do to tie or to win. And, we, and at fourth down, they went on fourth down in their own side of the field. They would have never done that if they got the ball first. So, you know, I mean, I, yeah, it's definitely it's a tragedy I mean, thing here. You, you talk about the college game. I mean, no one in college takes the ball first in the, in the overtime. Absolutely not. It, Absolutely when they win not. The toss. Right. So it's like – That's right. And, again, and I never played college football. I make it to that level clearly. Uh, I have never coached in college. Uh, but even pre, you know, all the work I did with PFF, watching all those games, and I played NCAA yeah. football until they got rid of it in 2014. So I know you, I know, I know you take the, uh, <laughs> that you play, you play defense there back, and try man. to get a stop. It's coming back. So <laughs> I know finally. Um, but no, I mean it, it's just a bad call. But but again, I think that I think that storyline's getting overblown too. And I I threw a lot of roses at the Chiefs' feet. This whole thing about the well, we were we were talking about it since January. Where we've been watching like the players don't need to know the play. Before they go out, they don't need to study that. The coaches needed to know that. And before right. the coin toss, the conversation was, if we win, we're, we're, uh, we're kicking. Um, but, but I don't think this is a miscommunication thing unless the report I saw was wrong. But I saw a report that Shanahan said the reason he wanted, yeah. uh, he wanted the he ball. He said he was going to match. So, so, yeah, so he could get the ball to, you know, once, it, once it was tied. And it's like, Sudden death. I mean, dude, yep. that's – that's that's saving your timeouts on the second to last drive when, when you're going to get the ball back with two minutes left, not knowing if you ever touch the ball again. Like, yeah, you can't, it's, it's ridiculous. You can't take it with you. You can't play for what could happen. You got to go try to win yeah. the game now. It just yeah. shows again his decision making in these big moments is just off. It's wrong. He well, does twice. it over and over again in these moments. We talked about it last yeah. week. I think I think it, I think it came about face again uh, this weekend, uh, and 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 you know uh, you know largely. Uh, you know, what we saw at, at the end of the overtime there. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle Shanahan has now blown leads in three Super Bowls, if you include the time with the Atlanta Falcons in, uh, as offensive coordinator. And he's now uh, has the privilege of being the only coach to lose two overtime Super Bowls. So, I mean, this is, this is a pure strategy call that is in the hand of the coaches. You don't expect the players to know one way. There was a lot of talk about the 49ers players didn't know one way or the other how the, how the rules work. Hey, you know, at the end of the game, Nicole Hardman didn't know how the rules worked either. He caught the touchdown, and he just thought, okay, I guess he said he blacked out. But he said, yeah, I, I thought the game was going to continue. He had no idea what was going on at that point because there was a time, there was a clock. You know, it, apparently if it ran out, it didn't matter. It was only the first quote-unquote quarter of the overtime. Nobody knew what was going on. 
but it's not their job. That's the job of the, of the head coach to know that. And uh, Kyle Shanahan should have made that call. I, I don't, I don't buy for a second that he's thinking he's going to go match, match, and then get the ball for sudden death. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. You play to win now. You don't play to win five series from now. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, all right. So I'll, I'll, I'll step away because there's a lot of discussion here about this out there in the internet. But is there anything else in the game that you saw that the 49ers could have done differently in order to overcome this Kansas City Chiefs team? Yeah, I just think, again, you know, in the second half, and I'll try to pull up the play log quickly, so I think I got it here. So, you know, uh, you're up 10 to 3, and we talked about this, right? Get the lead, extend, and run the ball down their throats. And I understand that they weren't, they weren't effectively running the ball early in the game. But there right. is a cumulative effect of, of wearing down a team with the run. And we saw it at the end of the game when they started really leading heavy on the run. So they get the interception to start the second half. And yep. I think a lot of us were saying, okay, we saw the Travis Kelsey moment on the sideline. They're wired tight. They're, they're too amped up. They're not composed like they normally are. They're not playing yep. well. This isn't the same loaded roster where you can just hit Tyreek Hill out of nowhere for 30 yards or 40 yards in the fourth quarter and come back. And they come out first and 10 of the KC 44, Brock Purdy pass incomplete. Then there's a penalty, second and 15, Brock Purdy pass incomplete, third and 15, Purdy scrambles left to KC, 45 for four yards, punt. Then yep. they stop the Chiefs again, get the ball back again. Brock Purdy pass short right to Jennings. Brock Purdy pass short left to McCaffrey. Brock Purdy incomplete. I mean, God damn it, Shanahan. Like, the, the guy who, 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 who says that, like, elite quarterback play isn't necessary – or having an elite quarterback isn't necessary, builds it on this, this entire thing of exotic runs, second 11 at the New England 26, up 28 to 20 after the Julio Jones catch, runs back-to-back pass plays and puts the Atlanta Falcons out of field goal range to let the Patriots come back and win that game. And he's not learned his lesson. He's yeah. still doing it. Almost yeah. a decade later, you have them on the ropes to have – the best running back in football, I don't even Absolutely. care about running backs. We've talked about this over and over again, right? But you yeah. have Christian McCaffrey, and you pass it six straight times? Yeah, it doesn't make dumb. any sense. He doesn't get it. He doesn't have a feel for the moment or the game or what he should do. He's brilliant X's and O's. His players seem to like him. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of great things he does, but he doesn't understand in moments. And, you know, I, I saw uh, before the game – uh, there was a report, something about how he uh, was saying that he wants to run. Uh, you know, that his goal was to was to have 30 rush attempts in this game. They had one of the, the the longest game in Super Bowl history, and they only had 31. Yeah, it's in, yeah. in a game that they, it wasn't a negative play script where they had to throw to catch up. You you right. came in with a goal of running 30 times. You had a lead in the second half again. You go to overtime and you barely clear 30 carries in the game. It's just it's inexcusable. I don't I don't know how else to say it. The moment speeds up for him. He can't find himself in those moments. He lets it all get away from him. And the end result here is another another coming up short moment for for Kyle Shanahan and a, and, yeah, a, and a guy who through three attempts is not learning right. from his mistakes in the previous games. That's the totally most frustrating agree. Thing. Totally agree. And we and I've said this until I was absolutely blue in the face for two weeks now. The Kansas City Chiefs are fourth best against the pass they are tied for 17th against the run that's their one vulnerability is on the ground and christian mccaffrey as you said is the best running back in the nfl right now he led the league in rushing yards scrimmage yards 
I mean, he led the league in receiving yards. He had the most receiving touchdowns of any running back in the season. He also, that was actually seven. He had, that's the, a career high for him over the last eight years. He has the second most rush yards per game in the playoffs, most rushing touchdowns, most receiving yards per game of any running back. I mean, it couldn't be any better a matchup to run the ball. And not only that, but you still had Eli Mitchell and you still had uh, Mason out there as well. So you want to keep McCaffrey, you know, uh, not, not don't run him into the ground. That's fine, but it's the Super Bowl, so you should. But that's fine. You have a, two other capable running backs, and you can take advantage of the one vulnerability there. And actually, that leads me to one of the plays that I thought was – I just didn't understand it. I, I absolutely didn't understand it. And this is at the very end of the game before they got to the overtime period. And you might recall that the San Francisco 49ers had a brilliant drive all the way down um, to, the, uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs side, third and five with two minutes left in the game and they run it down to the two minute warning. And that's how they get it to, thir- to two minutes left and they come out of it and they, they set up a pass play that, I mean, they're already in field goal range. It's, it's far field goal range it's 35 yard line, but honestly, why in the world would you do that? I mean, you run the ball in that situation and maybe you pick, they're averaging almost four yards per carry already. That, that if they get four yards, you might, you might want to just run it that extra half yard to seal the game. They get that first down, they run the clock out. They don't get the first down, they run off another 40 to 50 seconds off the clock. They give the ball back to Mahomes with a minute to a minute 20 as opposed to a minute 53. Would Mahomes get down there anyway? Maybe. Probably. I mean, he's Mahomes. He could do it in 12 seconds. But it's much harder for him to do it because remember last night, in the Super Bowl, he only got into comfortable field goal range with 21 seconds left, and that's with 153 on the clock when he first got the ball. So with 110, 120, who knows what have been, you know? And it all—it was just one simple thing: run the ball. Your strength against their vulnerability in the biggest spot in the game. So I, those are two things there that I, I think, and I absolutely, on 100% on board with what you said. They need to, they had to, they had to run the ball more, and they didn't do it. They just failed to do it. They didn't execute. Uh, and I put that in Shanahan. I think that that was completely on him to not to 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 just not come in and say this is what we're going to do and we're going to stick to the game plan. Um, the other thing I have to mention is that because of that, they lost time of possession. They had a two to one time of possession going into the half. At the end of the game, 38 minutes for the San Francisco 49ers, 36 minutes for the Kansas City Chiefs, almost dead even. They absolutely lost on time of possession and they lost out on third down efficiency. They went absolutely disastrous in the second half on third down. Uh, they had one third down, <laughs> one third down on a ridiculous number of tries. I think like eight tries. So really, really bad as far as the San Francisco 49ers. And a lot of it was them going away from the run. All right. So Kansas city chiefs, we are, we talked about how great they are. What did you think about the entire thing of Travis Kelce on the sideline? I mean, I know there's a lot of people, a lot of chatter about that as well. That no real impact on the game other than the fact that they came back and won. And actually, Kelce did get more, much more involved after he did that. At that point, he had one yard, one reception, one target, one yard. He ended the game with nine receptions and 93 yards. So it did, <laughs> I don't know if it had an impact or not, but it certainly changed the, the, his involvement. What did you think of that? So I had three separate uh, emotions towards it. The first one is it felt very strange to me um, 
and honestly, it was reminiscent of the Cowboys earlier this postseason with uh, with Dak and C.D. Lamb kind of going at it on like the first incomplete. I think that was yeah. the part that was the most striking to me that I don't think has been talked about enough. Like, look, uh, Travis Kelsey at this point is a lightning rod, so I, I understand why it's really, you know, why people want to get up in arms and, and be like, oh, you can't do that. And, you know, again, there's the, the – you know, we don't need to go down all the different avenues, but between Taylor Swift and being the Pfizer guy and the, how yeah. divided this country is on so many issues, like Travis Kelsey yeah, yeah. found himself as like the center lightning rod between both sides <laughs> right. fighting over He's everything. He's somehow every controversial position and taking a stance on it. So yeah, that's right. Just just wild that he's so involved in all this stuff, and and uh, and I don't think that it helps him. Because I think he's actually, I think the podcast him and Jason do together is fantastic. And I actually have oh, become great. a fan of, of Kelsey overall. Um, and his interviews are great. It's the post game, you know, which we can talk about later, but the Viva Las Vegas and the oh my God. You Got yeah. a Play and the Jabroni <laughs> stuff. Like it's like this fake wrestling personality he puts on that yeah. isn't really even his personality that just nope. comes across so cheesy in those moments. And Super so I think cheesy. that makes it really easy to get lost and all oh, he can't do that. But my thing was like, that's weird. It was a weird yeah. moment to be that wired. And, th- and that actually, as somebody who bet on the Chiefs money line last night, was like, uh-oh, <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell is this? Um, so that was my first reaction was kind of like taken aback and surprised. Then I had the reaction I think everybody did, which was like, that can't happen. Like that, you can't be out here. And it was aggressive and it was over the top and unprofessional, all that. But then yep. I saw some footage today that I had forgotten about, and it just kind of makes me think, and between this and Andy Reid's reaction, there's just a different dynamic in Kansas City right now. Because um, there was a play earlier this year, I don't know if you remember this, where Ch- Kelsey's coming off the sideline, and Reid chest bumps him. And not, and it was not like a, it was not a funny ha-ha moment. He bumped him because he was frustrated with him. And mm-hmm. then there was another moment this year where they were in an argument and the, the equipment guy is trying to give Kelsey his helmet to go back out there and Reed is standing between them, preventing the helmet from getting handed off to him. And I don't know if it was the same game. And I, and I hope I'm not butchering that part that that was Kelsey really, because I'm pretty sure it was, but even if it was, mm-hmm. even if it was just some random player, there seems to be this thing that like he's taken the players coach thing so far that like, I don't think he was actually, I, I think he was genuine in the post game when he's like, oh, that's fine. It's just Travis. We're in the moment of the battle. It keeps me young. Right. I think that's actually how it feels about it. And I think yeah. Travis felt emboldened to act like that because I think there's kind of this give and take thing. And, and I think maybe that's developed a little bit because of the, the three. And I'm not saying that it's right or that it should be done or that I'm advocating right. for what he did. I'm just saying that like right. almost any other circumstance, they'd be like, ooh, there's some smokes there in Kansas City. I don't think it's like that. I think I yeah. think they're all just kind of got this different vibe and organizational process that's that, that's working for them and not for other people because they've had several meltdowns uh, this year, Mahomes included, on the sideline and him Rasheed Rice going at it last night in the game. Like there was a lot of demonstrative, a lot of stuff that would get you plunked by by uh, by a pitcher on a baseball field. Let's say that right. for, for lack of decorum, there was <laughs> yeah, a lot of antics going plunked. on. Yeah, and. And all it resulted in was their third title in four years. So I, I think yeah. uh, I think in the end, uh, I think I'm in the minority but in, on this, but in the end, I think it's much to do about nothing. Yeah, you know, it's funny as you say that because it really is much to do about nothing. Uh, and I think the problem, part of it is also that the Chiefs were, were by and large seen as the villains in this game. So people like to see that and say, oh, look, a horrible, horrible person. Uh, honestly, though, I, I don't, I mean, listen, I don't know the dynamic there. 
And Andy Reid did kind of say exactly what you said in the post game. Listen, hey, you know, I, I asked her, I do that. He does it to me. It's fine. But he's the head coach, man. You know, like the head coach going after his players for not executing, you know, that's one thing. Players coming up and going after the head coach and saying, hey, get me more involved. You got to trust the coach to do his job, right? I mean, he's doing his job. His job is to making sure the plays get there, the players go in the right place, that he's doing, he's executing a game plan that he had put together specifically for this moment. You are a player. You are, you are one part of that. Like, I understand that Travis Kelce was frustrated that the play wasn't drawn up for him to get it, I guess, because he was open at the time that Pacheco got the ball stripped. But give me a freaking break. You know, Pacheco dropped putting the ball on the ground wasn't Andy Reid's fault. The fact is that if he did put the ball on the ground, they probably would have punched that in in another play, or if not right there. So, you know, it, it seems uh, honestly misplaced anger, and he shouldn't be doing that on the sidelines, certainly not on the sidelines during the game. Uh, that seems totally inappropriate for me, um, you know, for a player to do that to a coach. And, and, uh, and I think it would probably be inappropriate depending on the situation, otherwise going the other direction too. But in this situation – you know, yeah, he's got to trust Andy Reid's doing his job, you know? And if he doesn't trust Andy Reid's doing his job, I mean, he's a tight end. He's not the head coach, you know? If he thinks he's doing a better job than Andy Reid in terms of calling plays, there's a problem back there in the in the locker room. That's what I think. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's it, it probably – you're right, though. It's probably the dynamic. It's probably the way they do it. And, you know, it is what it is. But uh, we shouldn't make a bigger deal than we should than we need to. Um, but I thought it was inappropriate. All right, let's, let's turn well, to the well, San Francisco 49 yeah. Yeah. I think you're totally right. But again, the, the weird point part for me is that that reaction is that of we're down 24 to three and I have one target. Get me involved. The timing. Right. Of it, I just, that's the part I still can't get past and move over. I'm just like, and to your point, like, it, I mean, there's a fumble. It's, it's so like, again, it's not like this big <laughs> that just felt like really easy or early in the game to hit that boiling point out of nowhere. So. Right, right, right. It's not like Marshawn Lynch, give me the ball, I'm going to run it in. And oops, that threw an interception. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, he, he, he was part of the play, but it wasn't like there was a wrong play. Pacheco put the ball on the ground. It was a good defensive play too. So, you know, I mean, how do you get rid of mad at Andy Reid? It's displaced anger. All right. Anyway. Let's talk about the 49ers for one second because we're at the end of the show here, and I want to get your take on this. Are the San Francisco 49ers, assuming they take all the pieces they have and they come back next year, are they in line to get back to the Super Bowl, or do you think this is it? That was the end of the San Francisco 49ers as they stand in their current incarnation. (laughs) You you were so controversial that you didn't even uh, unmute yourself when you said that. It's amazing. Uh, thanks for thinking of our listeners. Uh, yeah, well, actually, you know, we'll keep the food thing going. I, I didn't get to eat before uh, the podcast, so I was actually tracking uh, through nice. my, my ring cam if my food was being dropped off or not. Uh, and I didn't want nope. I didn't want audio to come in in case the live view started projecting. So, um, nice. but no, uh, nice. yeah, I, uh, sneak peek behind the scenes, everybody. This is how the sausage is made. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I come out of that game and. Saying like I don't know what I shake up in San Francisco. Yeah, but you have to shake something up. You know, yeah. we've seen this too many times, and I know I keep crossing sports, but like, you know, there was a couple years there about two or three, four years ago with that that Yankees core of Stanton and Judge with Boone at the, at the at the helm. You know, was like kept knocking on the door and they couldn't break through the ALCS. I think they went to back to back or you know two out of three or something like that, right? 
And right. I walked away from that saying, like, you've got to shake it up, and they didn't. And now they've kind of taken a step back. Like, I just, like, you, you can't keep rolling the same group out there. And, and I think the number one thing that sports fans and uh, defensive reporters will say at times when you say, because, like, right now I see it in, like, a landscape. I don't know what to fix if I'm, if I'm John Lynch right now. Or if John Lynch is, if it goes higher than John Lynch, and he's part of what needs to be fixed, something has to be shaken up there. And people will say, well, what's the answer? I don't know. I'm not paid to give you the answer. I'm just here to tell right. you that what they're doing isn't working. They haven't been able to break through, and this year was their best shot, and they still couldn't do it. So, you know, you can't, you can't keep rolling it back over and over again, and, and there's, there's, there's real questions to figure out there. Um, and I'm not sure that yeah. it's Shanahan – Going away. It was a fun um, score but, game, though. You know, I guess. I mean, like Kansas City Chiefs were the better team, no doubt, in the end. But you know, it's a one-score game. You know, I, I, Brock Purdy did nothing wrong. He did everything. He now, I guess maybe that's part of the problem. Brock Purdy did nothing wrong is what I'm saying. What about you know Brock Purdy? I guess he has to be more than that. Um, but I mean, he did what he had to do. Uh, put the ball in his receivers' hands. He dropped dimes when he needed to. He threw the ball away when he needed to. He made a lot of he did. He didn't make plays. He didn't force plays. Uh, I think the problem is McCaffrey is the center point here, and this is the type of workload he's going to get injured again. And you know he was ostensibly healthy for most of this year, and they couldn't do it. And you're absolutely right. You know what happens? You lose McCaffrey, and this team is a completely different team. Um, and that's going to be a problem for them. <laughs> they can't keep. He's not going to have a limitless. Uh, you know. He's not going to have limitless uh, shelf life here. He can't. He's not going to be able to run him out there like this um, every single t- every single year. I mean, last ye- yesterday, tw- thirty touches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's insane numbers for a single person. And and it's funny though. You, I don't know if you noticed this at the end in that overtime. Like McCaffrey has got like skinned elbows. He's got a little bit of scratches all over his arms. He's got he's covered in dirt. His entire uniform is completely green and brown. And you go back to the line, and everybody else looks fresh. <laughs> you know, you're like, wow. You know, he's 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 getting banged up. He's getting beat up out there. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think that they need and, more. And, and Kittle, Kittle was in the show. Uh, yeah, you know, in the, the big time no game. show. And, yep. and and Purdy wasn't wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. And he had a couple big time throws, but he didn't go out there and take that game for them. And and Debo's banged up. I get that. And but now they got to make decisions roster wise. I I you can stuff. And I just I just. My caution to the 49ers and 49ers fans out there is that um, it was a great, great moment on uh, on uh, Radio Row last week uh, with the local sports station here down there and talking about this game. And they were talking about, you know, what are we missing? Because all money's coming into the Chiefs, but Vegas isn't, you know, moving the line any further. And so what are they seeing in San Francisco that we don't? And they kept talking about it. And at one point, one of the guys, uh, Mike Felger here in Boston says, um, you know, he's like, I kind of believe, though, that, you know, for those for the guys that keep knocking on the door, eventually you break through. And I think that's what people and it almost feels like what you're saying here. And I think a lot of people are saying that I'm hearing today that they were, you know, it's an all time quarterback and only three points away. And both times they went to the Super Bowl, they had to play yeah. Kansas City. Yeah. It's an all time team. And I get all that. But as Jim Murray, uh, one of the co-hosts on that show, said to Felger in response to Felger says, you know, you keep knocking on the door, eventually you break through. And, and Murray says, yeah, and sometimes you're just the 1990s Buffalo Bills, meaning yeah. <laughs> you don't always break through. So just yeah, running no, it true. back with Thurman Thomas, Andre Risen, Jim Kelly, and Marv Levy over and over and over and over again wasn't enough to beat those Cowboys teams, and I don't think it's enough to beat this 49ers team. So 
whether it's Purdy, whether it's Shanahan truly becoming a head coach and, and, and get, giving up all his play calling powers so that he can be more focused on managing the game and letting right. a guy come in who's better situationally than he is, whether it's John Lynch stepping down uh, and, they, and they shake up his roster, whether it's saying Brandon Ayuk's the future and we'll draft another guy, let's look to move Debo Samuel this offseason. I'm not telling you what the answer is. I'm saying that I don't think you can roll it back with the same roster because McCaffrey was injury prone before he got here. To your point, has taken a lot of carries and he's ancient yeah. in running back years now. Debo's banged yeah. up every year because of the way they use him. Kittle's banged yeah. up every year. Those three are not getting younger. So the answer to me is not move on from Brandon Ayuk, bring back Brock Purdy with this group of guys who could potentially get hurt and hope it goes better next time. You've got to find, you've got to manufacture the way to break through, not hope that you just eventually break through. That's my opinion on the 49ers. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I also think they need to add to their pass rush a little bit. Nick Bosa with three QB hits, but nobody else basically had more than one. I mean, Chase Young had two, but they, they really they really needed to put a little more pressure. Of course, Drake Greenlaw going out early in the game probably impacted a little bit of defense. I mean, they did, the Chiefs were brilliant in taking advantage of that. They, they saw that, and they knew they can get some nice, uh, nice uh, coverages. Uh, they, could, they could actually blow some coverages there by uh, taking uh, Kelchier along the side and to the edge. But, um, you know, that's can I touch on that one second real quick? Yeah, sure. Someone's got to do a report on it. And uh, don't give me the turf field crap because last night was not a turf field. Um, we all know the NFL players do a, <clears throat> a lot to get their bodies in shape and ready for these games. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of uh, just good, clean eating and hitting the gym and nothing – uh, outside of, of the norm. There's going to be <laughs> right. something that they're all using that's weakening parts of their bodies because the amount of uh, ACL or uh, Achilles tears this year was ridiculous. Crazy. And, and, crazy. and more than I ever in my life. And from, from Aaron Rodgers' opening night on down, it was like once a week a major player was tearing his Achilles. And that was an injury that I remember somebody on my, at my D3 college uh, tore his Achilles. And yeah. when that happened, I was like, I didn't even know you could do that because I'd never yeah. heard it. It wasn't programmed yeah. in Madden. I never remember an NFL player as a kid doing it. And now all of a sudden right. it's happening every single week. There's yeah. something going on. There's something. There's some supplement they're using that's weakening that part of their body to the point that there's a conspiracy, everybody. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, yeah. All we you remember Ray field, Lewis too, getting ready for the Super Bowl because of the deer yeah. antler spray and regrowing his triad. Like they're trying new, new, <clears throat> new stuff all the time. There's, there's something there. Because there's no way, and again, I want someone to someone else go do the research for me. The number of Achilles <laughs> injuries we need an on a yearly basis compared to this year, it has to be like a 400% growth in the league. Yeah. Because I, I, yeah. I can't remember it being this frequent ever in my life. Yeah, no, I totally agree. There is something going on. We had a lot of injuries this year, and the Achilles being a big part of that. And I feel bad for Dre, Dre Greenlaw doing great into the postseason and then to have that happen just running out into the field. I mean, that's just insane. You know, <laughs> that's just absolutely insane. Something is up with that. All right. That is it. We've taken it to the end here, guys. It's the air horn on the show. We even doing a little bit of overtime for you. Just want to make sure they get everything in here. And that's how much we care about you guys. Ryan, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? Yeah. Follow me at Ryan Whitfield NE. All right, and and definitely give Ryan a follow because uh, if you fire away, he will fire back, or he'll just flat out 
ignore you. One of the two. And either way, it's going to be fun. You should definitely give him a follow and let him know what you think. You can find me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter slash X or on the Football Garbage Time page on Facebook. Uh, we're brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off free shipping and promo code Garbage Time at Manscaped.com. Also brought to you by BetUS. Receive 125% sportsbook bonus upon initial deposit. Use the link in our podcast description to get the special offer. Again, thank you for listening all year round, all season round. But that's okay. There's more, guys. There's more because that combine is right around the corner. And then we got the NFL draft. So thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week.